you for downloading the Bloatbusters podcast. Today is Halloween 2012, and this time we will be talking about the film Looper. But first, as you should have downloaded the previous podcast where I talked about Shame Beetlejuice. Shame on you if you haven't. Yes. <laughs> Shame. I am now going to reach over to Brian to try and get his thoughts on the film and the minicast, if he wishes to share. <laughs> so, Brian, your thoughts yeah. on Beetlejuice. I liked it. Back to you, Paul. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> that is true. But, uh, no, quite honestly, I have not seen that film, I would say, in over 10 years. It's probably been 10 years since that's all the way yeah. through, I should specify. Because you catch it on TV. Yeah, and you understandable. See, you yeah. see 20 minutes or, you know, whatever, or you see the, the banana boat song, or, you know, or yeah. something, and you got to stay for that whole scene, you know, or the sandworms. Yeah. But, yeah, it was one of those films that I recall watching in my parents' basement on our old Zenith <laughs> and being amazed that my parents were letting me watch it, actually. Yeah. Because I was a young age, and I have fairly conservative parents, and for them to, like, let me see, like, shrunken heads yeah. in purgatory, <laughs> you know, whatever... And uh, it's things been like an that. It's <laughs> just bizarre, yeah. And I don't know. I was probably eight or nine, maybe ten, the first time I saw that. I don't know. Whenever, yeah. as soon as it was a- able to come out on one of those free premium channel weekend things that yeah. they always did here. But I don't really, you know, I didn't really form an opinion at that age. I was like, oh, yeah. that was weird. That was kind of fun. And uh, yeah, you know, well, you that... see it over the years, and I saw it over the years, like the next year and the next year. And it became one of those films I really, really enjoyed. Did you get it sort of more and more? Get, yeah, like... get more and more. And, like, I don't even think I knew they were dead the first time. Really? <laughs> you know? Like, I was, you know, I was it... other interests when I was an eight, yeah, eight that... nine, whatever. Well, that that but... is actually a sort of a slow reveal for that as Yeah, well. that, you know, but I yeah, hope I'm not spoiling anything <laughs> out there for a <laughs> film that was in the 80s. But, yeah, like, oh, really? Alec Baldwin's dead. Okay. But, uh, anyway, yeah, one of those I enjoyed more and more of it the more I watched it more understood it and had in jokes with my friends about it you know yeah. just but i do remember like i was i'd say generally scared of some parts in the early watching of it like i i would say i was legitimately frightened that sandworms were real at yeah. some point and i was going to i'd never go to the desert because of sandworms <laughs> yeah, and you know I was just afraid i was gonna open my front door someday and i was gonna be on the desert and yeah and have yeah. to run back inside but like you said, with what Keaton does in his 18 minutes 18 of performance minutes, yeah. is incredible. And you forget everyone thinks him. <laughs> everyone thinks he's in that entire film, and it's so much more the story of Alec Baldwin and um, I'm sorry, what is uh, her, shoot? I'm dr- uh, drawing a blank on Gina, the actress, Gina Davis. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, one on a writer story. It's much more those threes. Yeah. that are carrying the movie and uh yeah i mean that i think a minute of that 80 minutes mm-hmm. is him when he's on the television oh, like, yeah. advertising himself yeah, there. Like, you, you still don't yeah. even really see him he's mm-hmm. just the little guy on the screen yeah. but you have michael is it michael mckeon yes in there and what is the woman's name uh, uh, that Paris claudia because that was I their remember. i think one of their first collaborations Oh, really? Uh, I, I want to believe, but, well, they've been, you know, uh, if you're familiar with the Christopher Guest films, they're in I a think lot, I've seen a couple, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah, sorry I didn't get to their names in the minicast. I mean, I, I wasn't feeling the best Catherine, o- the Catherine O'Hara is yeah, who yeah. I could not come up with. I was like, oh, who? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Catherine O'Hara and Michael McKe- yeah, McKeon together are fantastic, always and forever. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, enjoyed the minicast, yeah. love the movie. You had rated it, what, a Minus two and a half or something. I, 
I think it was uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably put it at a you know minus three and a half somewhere. You know, minus maybe right. minus four. I don't know. It's an enjoyable film. I strongly yeah. still recommend anyone sees it that has not seen it. I don't know if it holds up as a new viewing because audiences are a lot more sophisticated now. I still think I don't. Know, I know it works for me. But, yeah, uh, I, that's I would, all I can speak to. It works for me. Yeah, I I would say that anyone that hasn't seen it should see it just for once. Yeah, it's one one of those films. If you're that, a fan of quirky, if you're a fan of just odd and just yeah. interesting and not the same old shit you see, or all, if you're a fan of Tim Burton and you haven't got around to yeah. seeing it, <laughs> I think it's one of those films that most people don't even really realize it's a Tim Burton film until someone says it and it's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I can see it now because yeah. it it definitely. It came out when he he wasn't the big draw that he is now, and people that are watching it on TV or something might not even really notice that it was Tim Burton directed. So it's it's one yeah. of those when I remember going back to it, remember when I remember going <laughs> back to it, and I looked at the details, I was like, "That's a Tim Burton film? Of course, it's a Tim Burton film." Yeah, it, yeah, I mean, it has Tim Burton all over it, yeah. but. And it's like, oh, so yeah. it's definitely it's, one of those in the back catalogue that I don't that I mean, think yeah, and, and like, Yeah, I, I know we need to get on to Looper, but uh, yeah, just on Tim Burton's back catalogue. And I think, like you said in the minicast, I think we'll probably tackle Tim Burton for a whole episode at some point. But uh, I think that film, and this is going to sound weird, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, had a big part in him being able to do a film like Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, well, that, that uh, those really laid the groundwork, yeah. and there's just so much oddity and uniqueness <laughs> in both of those films that it really, I think, paved the way for that just beautiful gothic fairy tale of Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> yeah, know? and probably drew more people mm-hmm. in to see it. Yeah, because if you think about it, it's just like this film is about a guy who has scissors. <laughs> not he has knives. <laughs> Anyway, scissor hands and this girl. He's a very quiet, polite <laughs> Freddy Krueger. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, yeah. who's going to go and see that? Tim Burton directed it. Everyone go to see it now. Oh, they got, they got all the Vincent Price fans, too. Oh, yes. So, yeah. yeah, so Vincent Price. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that was, um, I guess I should get my rating wrong. Oh, did I? I said minus. Yeah, you yeah. said minus. I said minus, minus three and a half. Three, all right. Go watch well, it, people. Yeah, All right, so Looper. <laughs> Looper. All right. Well, just as a very basic plot, film is set in 2074, at least for the most part it's set in 2074, <laughs> and when the mob wants to get rid of someone, they had to send them back 30 years into the past, which is, you know, 2074 is the present of the film, and it's the mob 30 years into the future that <laughs> sent it back, and they hire people called Loopers, to kill them and dispose of the body. Not people doing additional dialogue recording. No, no, no yes. <laughs> This isn't a documentary yes, about this, post-production. Yeah, this isn't a big reveal all of a sudden. <laughs> it's, that's the whole idea. All right. Sorry, I had to get that in. That's right. I stole that joke from Doug Benson, by the way. Sorry. Oh, right, right, right. I modified it. Well, right, so you got to steal from someone. Exactly. All right. So, yes, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays a, a man called Joe. <laughs> Easy <laughs> enough to remember. And he is a looper, and one day... His future self is sent back and he doesn't quite finish off the job leading to <laughs> hesitant as one might be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with killing themselves 
sort of. (laughs) I'm sure we'll get to that scene because I did enjoy that scene when that came up. But yeah, he manages to get away, sparking Joe going after his future self, his future self going after someone else, the mob going after after Joe. (laughs) After Joe and Joe. Uh And basically going off from there i'm not going to go too far into it right there because if you haven't seen the film this is your chance to go and see the film yes, pause the podcast and yeah <laughs> yeah watch the film but it's been out for like a month so yeah, yeah. you've had your opportunities yeah <laughs> fair game i believe for someone that hates the theaters you've had your chance <laughs> all right well this is first and foremost this is a time travel film but I, yeah. I, I know your feeling on time travel uh-huh. film. Well, let, let's get that out of the way then. Get that so, out of the way, Brian. Your feeling on time travel? Film. Time travel to me, you're always starting uh, behind the eight ball for me. To use a billiards analogy, you're dealing with so many issues yeah. that the uh, lo- with the logistics of the time travel since it is not possible at this point in time. Yeah. <laughs> since it is science fiction right now. To me, takes a little bit away, so already I'm dealing with a somewhat inferior product. Right. Somewhat. (laughs) And then, depending on the script and on the performances and, you know, the story, of course, how well it's played out, that, you know, can be adjusted. But for me, it's it's a knock. It's not a good thing for me to hear, oh, the new time travel movie. Yeah. (laughs) How are they going to explain it? Is it a Volkswagen this time? Is it a U-boat? Oh, that better not be a knock on Back to the Future, (laughs) Brian. (laughs) Hey, the DeLorean was classic, okay? Exactly. I I think Back to the Future Uh has a safe zone. Mm -hmm. But But, yeah, I don't know if we want to get into the the logistics of the time travel of Looper, but I did enjoy, I guess I'll just go ahead and say it. I think the screenwriters knew that, or the screenwriter knew that, and it's left very vague. Yeah, you don't even really get a glimpse of you the time travel device other than kind of a you see it once I believe. yeah you see like a door closing like a just yeah, door closing yeah. and then like sitting all curled up pretty much yeah I mean you see the inside light <laughs> I, think, I, yeah. I think they did a good thing where in the film time travel was invented and then was instantly outlawed Mm-hmm. So only the mafia have access to it, and they clearly sort of built their own shoddy but effective time travel machine. So the one you're seeing in the film isn't necessarily the one that was made specifically <laughs> for the purpose of time travel when they first invented it. It's the one that the mobbers clobbled together <laughs> to suit their needs. They so, bought from Ikea and yeah. had a few parts left over. Yeah, and, and uh, it's it's very much like you see it and you're like, okay, this isn't you know, someone professional doing it. This is the mob like just chuck them in and get rid of them that's it as long as it it's works a, uh, it's a trash fine. compactor with lights you know it's like oh hey oh, yeah. yeah but no they, they say obviously it was invented in the future which actually reminded me a little bit of a book series I'm reading where the laws are that because retrospectively it works time travel was assumed to have been invented in the future therefore time travel is possible so mm-hmm. it's like a, yes. it's one of those things where it's like okay we'll run with this and yet in this film there's a, even a point where Joseph Gordon-Levitt sits down with his future self, played by Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I always enjoy Bruce Willis, and I thought he did quite well in this one. Not necessarily used to the full extent that you can use Bruce Willis. Let me, yeah, we'll circle back to my yeah. comment, or my feelings there. But Joseph Gordon-Levitt is talking to his future self and saying, but if you're here, then it, and if you're here, and then Bruce Willis just says... 
Yeah, I am not getting into this with you. <laughs> we can sit here all afternoon making grass and charts with straws. I am not telling you about this. Leave it. And they leave it. They don't go back to it after that. Mm. Which I thought was brilliant. I mean, yeah. It's a up, cop out, but yeah, it's a brilliant going, cop out. Going up to that point, you see bits and pieces, you hear about it, and it's like, okay, how are they going to go around it? Mm. And then they get to that, and it's like, they're not. Mm. Brilliant. I'm not going to have to pick this apart too much. Yeah. <laughs> As someone who's a fan of time travel, mm. and then when you run into films where the inconsistencies pop up. Mm. Yes. After they've fully established <laughs> this thing. The rules, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's where I run into the problem. But mm. if they don't establish the rules, they just say, there is time travel, it's outlawed. Yeah. This is the situation. Mm. It's not used as a... Yeah full plot device it's just used to get it rolling i think would be a fair way of using it because even after i think after about the first third of the film they don't even use time travel again like it's just about them i mean they use the laws of cause and effect but they don't use time travel after that point so i'm always a little bit hesitant to call it a time travel film Mm -hmm. because it's partly a time travel film but mostly your action thriller action thriller with the message of how much control do you you actually have over your fate yeah i mean that's really what it's about yeah as far as the child is concerned as far as joe is concerned yeah can you change what you will become i mean joe was all about that as well because he's Mm -hmm. he's very firmly believing in this is what i am this is what i will become Mm -hmm. and then i think this from the second time he runs into his future self obviously the first Mm -hmm. time lands runs away and then the second I runs into it he starts thinking like do I have to turn out like this yeah. <laughs> and, and so that, that I don't want to do like, another Die Hard sequel do I have to turn <laughs> out like this <laughs> so please which I thought you know I'm excited for hey but right. <laughs> it's Die Hard who isn't <laughs> Well, shall we uh, get into the actors then? You had a comment on Bruce Willis. Uh, Bruce Willis, let's start off with him. The great biggest perform- star. Great, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, in his mind and everyone else's. <laughs> At least in his mind. Yeah. <laughs> if you get that line of cross. Oh, yeah. I've gone it, cross-eyed. <laughs> it works. Carry on. <laughs> it goes. Yeah. But, I uh, was actually going to ride that. A good so. performance. Uh, I really liked it. And this is not really his fault. He was cast in the film, but... It's Bruce Willis being Bruce Willis. Yeah. The, the same role, the same snarky, I haven't had my cup of coffee yet, yeah. I'm five o'clock shadow, gruff, kind I'm in a pissy mood, Bruce Willis. That, kind of like the Bruce Willis in Red, actually, a little bit. <laughs> but that you, I mean, it's just the same sort of character that he's been in the, like, yeah. the last ten years, really, with... I can't think of very many exceptions. You know, he's I would, playing a cop or he's playing, you know. But. I would actually go so far to say a slightly deeper version of himself in The Fifth Element. Yeah. More of a, of a backstory. But, and you know, that's I, about it. Yeah, I just completely nothing to do with Looper, but I'd really like to see him do some serious dramatic work or some. Yeah. So, uh, sort of going uh, back he's to Moonshine? Dabbled into, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, he's dabbled in, you know, comedy and, you know, he had the Moonlighting TV series. And, yeah. So but, uh, maybe a film was out there. Yeah. Yes, exactly. A film adaptation. You and I will. Uh, yes. If you can't say it, I guess I got to take myself off the gig of writing it. I was gonna yeah. throw my name and your name into the hat. We could write that. But. Well, I, I could defer to you for something. All right. Not you, the spell. You find the source material, and yeah, we'll get going on it. But uh, you know, that's just a kind of a side note. But that being said, all in all, great, good job by yeah. Bruce Willis. I don't know, you know, great job of him doing a Joseph Gordon-Levitt impression or if it was a great job, great job of yeah. just Gordon-Levitt doing a 
Bruce Willis impression. Yeah, I, but, uh, I, I do think it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt doing the acting like Bruce Willis. Because, I mean, Bruce Willis turns up and he's he's got 30 years on him. He's mm-hmm. just surly. He's Bruce yeah. Willis. Right, so, so let's, yeah, let's go, in, let's go into Joe, young Joe real quick. Joseph, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who yeah. appears to be on quite a role. Yeah. Whoever name, thought that... Name li- a film that we've seen recently that he's not been in. <laughs> Whoever, yeah, think of that little shit on Third Rock from the Sun, that annoying... The annoying one without the squinty eyes, people. <laughs> not French <Yeah>. Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that guy would be a big movie star and be doing a hell of a job in his yeah. performances, I agree, I so think. Getting, I don't want to say getting better, because I'm not going to say mm-hmm. that his previous films have been mm-hmm. bad or anything. Like, but, he's really shining He's getting the commercial one. success. He's always yeah. been doing a lot of independent work, and now that a lot of his films are doing well commercially. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, yeah. I'm considering not watching the Bicycle Messenger film the, after uh, this. Rush, yeah. yeah, because I don't want to go and see it because that, that one looks like, I'm sure it can be good, mm-hmm. but I'm not 100% sure that I want to go and see it after seeing Looper. Maybe maybe wait a little bit. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, one of those uh, like real running time. I get the idea. It's, yeah. you know, like the Run Lola Run or something like yeah. that where it's just I, I adrenaline. Run, Lola Run, by the way. Fantastic <laughs> film, yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll cover that. I don't maybe. Know. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, in this uh, film, great. great. Very good. And, uh, yeah, he's going to have a lot of great things to come, I think. Uh, he's going to, I think, be one of the leading men in the next 10 to 15 years. Probably, yeah. Could, if, could be the new Brad Pitt or George Clooney in the like, the pack. Of, I, I definitely think if that's something he's interested in, I think it's there yeah. for him. Uh, <laughs> if he keeps having the success he's having, definitely. Yeah. Brad Pitt probably, I think kind of slowing down now well he's going to he's not that i mean he's old for hollywood or getting to be old for hollywood and he's going to be moving more to the supporting roles a little more than the starring roles the the morgan freeman roles (laughs) of now you know (laughs) and the uh michael caine roles for that matter no i I I guess apparently i have uh, dark knight rises on the brain i don't know (laughs) it's hard to get that film off the brain yeah, well, Christian Bale will probably be sliding into that in five years or so. So, uh, anything uh, else you wanted to say on Joseph Gordon-Levitt, his uh, performance? I don't think I had too much more on that. I, I do like his progression, like the character's progression through the film, because at the start he's very much sort of quite arrogant to begin mm-hmm. with, and very sort of business, and then as he meets the woman at the farm while he's waiting and starts to get close to the family, you really do see his change from what he was and you realize like this this guy will not turn into future joe he he will be something else which is something like how do you end up dealing with that? you will not end up marrying yoko ono and the beatles will stay together that's okay if you haven't seen the film that makes no sense but (laughs) yeah Yeah, if you haven't seen the film why are you listening this far as an asian wife okay all right so oh i did want to uh, just comment a little bit just to nitpick, because yeah. I love to. The smirks. I was getting a little tired of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's smirks, yeah. which were not Bruce Willis smirks. They were yeah. clear-cut Robert De Niro smirks. Yeah. The, just the, like, you smell some dog poop on your shoe, like, you know, I'm doing a smirk now. Of course you can't see it, but uh, a little bit. You fame a little bit. You know, you, you're talking to me. That kind of, uh, and he yeah. pulls this cockeyed thing about two or three times in the film, and I'm like, eh. 
And I just, you know, couldn't help but wonder how amazing that would have looked in 3D. It just would have, <laughs> that would have, you know, that's what we need to be using 3D for. Is yes, right. Right there. Just to have his head coming out. <laughs> yes. Just that lip curled up a little bit. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think anything else I might have to say will probably come up as we go along. <laughs> but, yeah, those are the basic things. Yeah, did a very good job in that film. I, I think, as you said, he's definitely going to be one of the leading guys in Hollywood to come. Assuming that he doesn't decide, I've made enough money. I'm going to go off. Assuming he doesn't he pull a Dave could. Chappelle or a, yeah. Yeah, or a Rick Moranis or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, just disappear off the map. I mean, yeah, fair enough to him if he wants to. Do it. I'm sure he's loaded by now. But please don't if you're listening. Yeah, we're which, enjoying which it so are, far. Thank you. <laughs> Shall we get to Sarah? Sure, Sarah, played by Emily Blunt. One of your fellow countrymen. Yep. God bless the Queen and God bless <laughs> Emily Blunt. <laughs> she is my English Zoe Deschanel, people. Um, uh, I see. Yeah. Emily, if you're listening, <laughs> give me a call. <laughs> Hit up our Twitter. Anything. Just, yeah. Just editing it up. Anything, anything. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so obviously very beautiful and very talented. Yes. Plays... Would you like to fill us in on who she plays? Other than Sarah, who is Sarah? Sarah is, as long as I'm remembering this correctly, (laughs) she is a character that doesn't turn up until... About the second act, maybe? Yeah, yeah, uh, just under halfway through the film, which is surprising for the character she turns into. Yeah, the importance importance of her character, yeah. yeah. She plays a woman who... When you meet her, she is at this farm trying to scare away the younger Joe, who has realized that his older self will come to this farm to try and kill a kid who will turn into the Rainmaker, <laughs> who is the guy who's sending everyone back. He's Not the Rain guy. Man, the yeah, Rainmaker. <laughs> And he's the one that is sort of controlling the mob in the future. He's killing all of the loopers, and he killed older Joe's wife before then sending him back to be killed. <laughs> so he's obviously on a mission to kill this Rain Man who is a child in 2074, whatever. I've forgotten the year. Yes, yeah, I think whatever. it was 74. And she is a woman who is there at the farm, and she says she is the mother. The boy says she is not the mother. <laughs> You do find out she is the biological mother. However, because of her lifestyle, she gave him to her sister. Her sister then died. She came back. And, of course, that is then the problem. Of course, the kid of... has no memory of that yeah. occurring. And... So, you know, she is saying, I am your mother. He is saying, no, you are not. And she and the younger Joe, after quite a long time, I was pleased what to was see. I mean, I was pleased to see that they didn't go the route of, hmm, I don't like you. Five seconds later, well, no, their faces are already, yeah. yeah. Their faces are mashed together. Yeah, there, there's genuine time I could, to develop. Watching it, I still felt that was coming, yeah. and I was happy it did. Like it, it developed yeah. a little more. The characters had obvious chemistry, even though she was extremely protective of yeah. her land, of her son. Uh, I mean, you know, she greets him with the shotgun or a rifle or whatever. Of course, he he just kind of walks him. up. Like, yeah. you're not gonna find. Yeah, <laughs> makes him sleep in the barn, you know. And and she is very much the driving force for the change in the young Joe. Yes, who yes, who is shows up going through withdrawal from drugs. Which, if I might say, drug use in the future look pretty lame. I gotta yeah. say, because it's either an asthma inhaler <laughs> or or an eyedropper, or it's going to be a Q-tip in the next film we watch. Uh, it, it probably tells you that the nerds of today are the drug makers of tomorrow. Exactly. 
Yeah, so, so the drugs, if you have, yeah, if you're still and, listening. And the yeah, taking of the drugs as well. I mean, slow-mo, it just slows things down. Uh-huh. So you're basically just sitting there like everything's going really slow, <laughs> which just doesn't seem to get you high or anything. It just slows things down. And then this thing gets you high, but all it does is kind of puts you on a tilt-a-whirl. And, <laughs> and you're a little bit sort of... Kind of ah. drunk, kind of but yeah, kind of high. And it doesn't... I mean, I'm sure the implication is it it really gets you high and this is just what you're seeing or thing but of everything they show it just makes it seem like it's not really worth it <laughs> i don't yeah just use regular visine you don't need to <laughs> save the money on the expensive drug visine yeah. i mean I, it does seem that everyone takes it so it's probably a looper thing or yeah a looper and down and out just thing, yeah but. dealing with all the killing you're doing i don't know yeah but, but yeah, just, yeah. It. So yeah, he shows up going through withdrawal, yeah. and, uh, and so she shows an unnatural knowledge for some of the things that correct, he did. And I do wish they just spend a little bit on that because she just says, like, you know, "Oh, my lifestyle at the time, there was no way I was having a kid," and that's it. There's no more delving really into yeah. her backstory. You hear more about her sister who dies than you do about her. Which, for such a major character, that was a slight drawback for me. Nothing against yeah. Emily Blunt. It's still an action film. It's still an action, and you got I understand yeah. you got to keep it going. Yeah, the length of this film. What I'm was sure it? They uh, what was the running stuff. time? Two hours. Yeah, yeah. just yeah, one yeah, hour fifty nine. A little bit long. I, I yeah. think maybe could have cut a, a couple of things in there. But yeah, getting back to what we were talking about, Emily Blunt, very good in the role, and yeah, I I enjoyed the character. Even though, as I said, not the most fully developed. At least, no, she she seems fully developed. You just don't get to see much of the backstory that made her that way. You just get to hear, oh, you know, I didn't have the lifestyle for a kid. My sister died. I now live with the kid. Yeah, that's I it. <laughs> want. You know, now I'm ready to be the mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So very good job by <laughs> Emily Blunt. Always enjoy seeing her yeah. <laughs> from the Adjustment Bureau, from everything. Yeah, love her. And then the mm. the surprise, I would say, casting, if we were moving along, right. of uh, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Daniels, oh, perhaps. Jeff Daniels, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure. That's why I'm sure Jeff Bridges surprise. would have done it well. <laughs> so, <as> well. <laughs> see, I had it right in the cinema. I turned to Jamie and she said, who's that? And I said, Jeff Daniels. She's like, oh, right. And I, called, I come here. Jeff Bridges. It's no. Like, it's like the confusion <laughs> with Bill Bax- Paxton and uh, Bill Pullman. Paul- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't even say it. I'm, I'm, it. I'm so confused. <laughs> See what time travel does to me, people. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yes, I, this is Jeff Daniels. Yes, yeah. not Jeff Bridges. This yes. is uh, as the owner of the mob in the present. The, the, yeah, the, who runs back, the loopers yeah, and sent back from the future to run the present mob, which made me wonder what exactly happened with mm-hmm. the present mob. But yeah, again, time constraints. I'm v- sure. Yeah, a very just low key, well played mob boss. Yeah. Not your classic mob bosses, grandiose and over yeah. the top. And I believe I had you see Drive. Yeah. A lot like Albert Brooks's mob boss. Very much so. You, you get the sense of power and you don't want to fuck with him. Yeah. But he doesn't have to show you that. Like, no. he, he'll shake your hand and be very nice to you. And yeah. I think, you know, Jeff Daniels' character says, you know, I bet you expect me, you know, you're just yeah, hammer your right, fingers, yeah. you know. That's not what's going to happen. We're just going to talk, yeah. you know. <laughs> and then you're going to give and, up your friends. <laughs> yes. and, and completely understanding that as well within the possibility that you're going to get yeah. hurt. <laughs> yeah. I got a feeling that pretty much helped with that. It's that uh, he has been there and done mm-hmm. that. 
he has now come back. Yeah, he is again. from the future. Yes, yeah. so he he knows a lot of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Obviously. It's changed somewhat because he's come back and changed it a bit, but he knows a lot of what's going to happen, and he's just waiting for things he knows is going to happen. He's just running this mob, and I'm sure the way that he gained control of the mob, probably the reason that everyone knows not to mess with this guy. (laughs) Correct. Because you do see he is willing to do pretty much anything to get his way when the nice way is not working. (laughs) Correct. But yeah, I was uh, pleasantly surprised, as is usually the case. I don't like to do a lot of research going into a film. Yeah. And so I, I don't look at cast lists other than what a tra- I, if I happen to see a trailer, what that showed me. So I was very yeah. surprised to see Jeff Daniels in that role. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like... the first time I said, oh, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's Dumb and Dumber. That's <laughs> fantastic. Jim Carrey is second hand. <laughs> yeah, oh, that'd be oh. That would have been interesting to see a serious Harry Lloyd there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, Jeff Daniels, I, of course, you know, yeah, completely reliable. But, I will say that the way that he interacted with the kid who's kind of wanting to prove himself, I kind of felt like they were going to even allude to, like, maybe he is that guy's father, or maybe he is him from the uh, future, yeah. and he's just not going into it. Uh, especially especially given the yeah. way that... I, I felt the way that Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis were together, they were like that. But then they just didn't go into yeah, it. See that. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they didn't touch it at all. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, maybe maybe left it open for interpretation. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe in Looper 2. <laughs> <laughs> Which, given the end of this film, would... You know, you could rewrite <laughs> some things, you know. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> it, if you a different take, fall. a reimagining, yeah. if you will. But maybe <laughs> we should give a uh, honorable mention here to Piper Perabu. Her portrayal of Susie, who is a lady of the night, I guess, <laughs> is a nice way of saying it in this yes. time and place. Yeah, not, not quite uh, lady of the night. But, uh, <laughs> but oldest profession. Yeah, <laughs> you night. gotta pay for her time, folks. And, <laughs> and she seemed to not really care who pays for her time. She's fairly indifferent to the entire thing. Yeah, it's not a big screening process. But yeah. uh, and uh, she, yeah, another one who doesn't get much screen time. And but, I, I thought. But early impressions, I was at least I was thinking this is going to be Joe's love interest. Yeah, and you know he's going to fight for her, or try to save her from yeah. that world I mean, of drug use and prostitution. And, I, I would say it would have been a good fake out if it hadn't been as obvious when he met the other met Sarah. Because yeah. it's like, you haven't seen this mm. person for a while, and then he meets this new person, and you realize, mm. okay. Yeah. And you never see her again, actually, I think, after that. like After he leaves to go, mm-hmm. like, that's it. She's gone. She's never seen again. Yeah. Oh, and, but, and then you have the whole uh, old Joe's wife, like <laughs> how that affects the destiny of that. And did that really happen? If I don't know, Does he still have the memories of that if young Joe is in Then I Go Cross-Eyed again? Yeah. They, they, they do. I, I was going to say earlier, and I forgot. I really like the way that they use time travel in that the future selves are in the present, not the present selves are in the future or anything like that. Yeah. Because then, because obviously... Back to the future logic, say, if you're in the past and then you're affecting the past, it will slowly affect you. Whereas if you're in the present and your future self is next to you and you do something, your future self, it will affect Lo- your future yeah, self loses, starts losing memories early. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, so obviously uh, old Joe is fighting to remember. Yeah, he is, at one point he's just trying to picture her face. Just yeah. Can't, can't let, you just, know. just saying to himself, <laughs> just to remember what you meant. Remember, yeah. remember. And of course, I felt they did the best way of explaining that. Like, they didn't bother talking about it. They just had Joe's friend, who he ends up selling out. His future yeah. self is sent back and escapes. 
and to get that guy back, they start carving into the younger version of himself. So, he's, so he sees on his arm, be here in 15 minutes. And then as he's driving to the place, his arm disappears, his foot goes. <laughs> he's like, cr- wow. He ends up crawling to the place on one stump and several mm. things. And you realise, like, okay, so that they're taking that part seriously. This is, like, anything that happened to this guy in the present mm-hmm. will, like, you'll see the immediate. And a little <laughs> foreshadowing to the conclusion of the film. A little bit, yeah. A little bit of I, the I, ramifications. Although I, I thought it was done well because you're not really thinking thinking about that until like this will be jumping to the end until the point that you see him turn the gun on himself and you realize oh crap (laughs) and then but i changed it yeah and then of course i i ended up thinking on on how did he narrate (laughs) (laughs) yes another american beauty there (laughs) wait a minute you're dead (laughs) when did you find time to write this down (laughs) but i i ended up thinking like okay, wait, does that run into the Terminator 2 problem of, okay, so all of this stuff has been destroyed, he puts himself in the lava, so that means none of the first two films can possibly happen (laughs) because the guy won't come back. And then, of course, like they redeemed themselves with Terminator 3 only in as far as they break that paradox. Everything else, don't worry about it. <laughs> just, just once uh, again, just, nah. <laughs> my problem with time travel. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. They, and and I did think, despite what the film is like, so t- jump into Terminator Three very briefly. Despite what the film is like, brilliant writing in that they make Skynet software, not hardware, because that way the Terminator Two is like we've destroyed all the hardware. There's no way this can possibly happen now. No bits of code. <laughs> there we go, AI. So not too haven't bad. seen it. Probably never will. Yeah, no, <laughs> Terminator 1 and 2, good on their own. Don't really need to see 3. Mm, I feel no need. <laughs> but yeah, so I did see someone had made up. There's three timelines that run through the film. The first one is the original one, where Joe kills his older self, goes and lives, and then comes back. And yeah. then Joe kills his older self, and, and that then Joe he's sem- brought back to close his sem- lips. And then present Joe, then in one version of it, kills himself goes and it happens again but in another version of it he then escapes which is then what this film turns into yes and then at the end he dies older self dies rainmaker doesn't exist mm-hmm. and so on and so forth yeah I, I did love that progression of joseph gordon levitt's joe turning into bruce willis where they show year one yeah. year two year five showing that whole life i enjoyed that that I, was a great I, sequence although when, when it was year one then year two i thought they're not going to do every single year yeah <laughs> but yeah so that that was a very that was a beautiful sequence. sequence yeah i loved it although i did love it was you, know, you saw joe's gordon levitt shooting something in the chinese mm. mafia and then they jumped what 10 or 13 years yeah. and then it's you know bruce willis with a little bit of hair on the side <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't, even they didn't try. make a complete meld yeah, yeah they, they didn't try and go the subtle chin changing every time mm-hmm. it was Joseph Gordon Levitt Bruce Willis. Yeah. How many makeup <laughs> jobs do we want to do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I was uh, thinking about it. Obviously in at the end of Looper the Rainmaker doesn't exist because his mother doesn't die and they end up they're closer together possibly because of younger Joe. Yeah. So it's pretty much assumed that there won't mm-hmm. be the Rainmaker of the previous future. And then I thought well, hang on. If there's no rain in the first, <laughs> I thought, hang on. In the first two timelines of it, there must have been something that happened other than older Joe mm-hmm. that makes the rain make. So something must have happened originally 
to the kid's mother because Joe, younger Joe wasn't there to make them grow close to him. Which then turned them into the Rainmaker. So it's like, I, I'd have liked to have made... I'm confused too, people. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, originally, young kid who is the Rainmaker. No, I... Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, so... The, the whole point is that Joseph Gordon-Levitt not only shoots himself in the end to get rid of the older self to save them, he saves them then, and he also presumably saves them by forming the relationship, by getting them closer together. True. Because that that was one thing that took me a little while to wrap my head around. It's like, hang on, how was the Rainmaker made in the first place if older Joe didn't come back to kill? Well, reality's <laughs> so, always changing. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you just got to accept that. <laughs> but, yeah, so these are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> so, were there any other characters or anything you mm, wanted to go over? I think that we hit the main ones there. Yeah. yeah. Well, a couple of uh, little things that I wanted to touch on. Number one, there were, I don't know if you really noticed this, there were a couple of odd cuts, I thought, in the film, and it's not that they weren't, you realise, oh, this is done because of that, but they were kind of jump cuts. There was one where he's lying in the bed in the barn, and the kid is watching him, and then it's later, and the kid's not there, and it's just, done. <laughs> yeah. I thought, okay, I understand, time has passed, but... How but, much? Yeah, it's like, yeah. you don't know how much time has passed, and also, it seemed like an unnecessary jump cut they could have maybe sort of done something else it was a bit jarring for me that particular jump cut yeah. not as bothered as you but yeah uh, i mean that, that was just yeah. something when i was sitting there mm-hmm. it was like hang on uh, <laughs> I, I was more bothered by the never-ending blunderbuss that really uh, yeah, perturbed see. me as it does in all action films where you have the six shooter that turns into a 40 shooter or uh <laughs> If any of you are Walking Dead fans, Herschel at the end of season two with the double barrel shotgun that he auto go. fires <laughs> for about ten minutes yeah. <laughs> without reloading. I and, never thought of that one. <laughs> but I understand the need. It's an action film. You can't kind of kills the mood to have him shoot. Okay, hang on, everybody, wait. <laughs> yeah. I gotta reload. Okay, okay, shoot. Uh, hang on, <laughs> hang on, wait. Yeah. yeah, so I understand, but somebody's hanging. There's like nine, me. ten <laughs> shots he's ripping off while he's laying on, laying in the street, trying, yeah. you know, trying to. Shoot the guy, yeah, yeah shoot him I, going by, it's, yeah. yeah. That one I was willing to pass off as, okay, in the future, you can pack more in, but they don't even show There's loading. still a, a yeah. question of matter, Paul. Matter <laughs> takes up space, yes. <laughs> and the gun is only so big. Yeah, very true, <laughs> very true. Unless it's a regenerating yeah. shot. <laughs> I, well, I, I had more, more issue with the amount of ammo in one of those little clips in Dread. I mean, oh, that yeah. clip is not big, and how many... Yeah. And how it can change into any physical property. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah. whatever. But, yeah, let's not start on yes. holes in Dread. Yes. <laughs> We've covered Listen them extensively. Listen to the Dread podcast, yeah. people. But we are, I think, just nitpack- nitpicking at a uh, very well-done film. Yeah, uh, and I, I put a little notes here. Like, the fight scenes, brilliant. I thought yeah. so, some of the best fight scenes I've seen in film. Mm. And I also put down here a good amount of backstory, which I will say the way that they did, Joe... And everything like a brilliant backstory, and I thought a fantastic way of showing it. Like my wife was confused at the time, but like you see him waiting for his, well, waiting for his loop to turn up, waiting for the guy to turn up, and then you see, okay, it's him. He turns around. He's got the, he's got the bars on the back, so he saves his life, knocks him out, goes. It then cuts back to him standing there waiting mm-hmm. for the guy. He turns up and he instantly shoots him, and then he realizes this is all so. And then so you go okay what and then you start to see him going on it's like oh this is yeah this is you seeing older joe's backstory and then he he ends up yeah. coming back 
and then you get to see sorry i i kind of messed up a little bit you see him get away and then you see him go back to his apartment and then he falls off and you hear a crash. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. it cuts back to him standing there. My wife actually thought it was like, what, so you die and you go back to... <laughs> 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 Not quite. And then, so you see him getting older, you see his wife, you see the fact that his wife was killed. I think you see that his wife was killed at that point. Might be later, though. It has been a while since we've watched this. He gets sent back. And then you see his progression through time, like going around. You see him sneaking up to the apartment, watching his <laughs> young self go. And then... I thought a fantastic long shot of he sees himself hit the car. He doesn't bother with that. He just shoots the guy up on top. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, yes, stupid, pulls himself. (laughs) That I thought was a fantastic way of getting that backstory in and continuing the story without it being, this is backstory, this is... (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, definitely uh, worth another view. I think you're going to get a different experience the second time. Yeah. uh, You won't be, your brain won't be working as hard to figure out everything. Yeah. kind of enjoy the the plot a little more yeah and i also thought it brought up a really interesting philosophical question of let's say that you were put back you know that this one person in the future is going to pretty much destroy your city he's going to kill your wife he's going to kill all your friends and it's not just a vendetta as well he's not a nice guy mm-hmm. he kills people without really thinking about yeah, it without remorse without hesitation <laughs> so, so this guy you don't know at the time but it's kind of like he might be the new hitler or something he's looking mm-hmm. to take over the world could you kill him as a kid when he's not that person he is a kid you know obviously we're in extreme hypotheticals here because we're probably (laughs) never ever going to encounter the situation where we have the foreknowledge but to me my nature is i hope always hope people can change if i see young hitler in 19 you know 18 or whatever (laughs) if if i know it's a set line but yeah, he's going down. But, yeah. <laughs> but I still think if you it gets know, to the point, you'll. I still think it. there are infinite possibilities made yeah. with every choice we make, and I don't think anything's set in stone. So I, I personally could not do it. There is a fantastic story. I cannot remember if it's a Twilight Zone or if it's a short story. But somebody has a time machine. They go back in time, and they get a baby that is the baby Hitler, and they throw them into the river, effectively killing his baby and then go back to the present. Uh, the And they got it from a babysitter. The babysitter then pays a gypsy for her baby, and that baby is the one that turns into Hitler. <laughs> so it's like, no matter what you do, you will cause this thing to happen. <laughs> really? Quickly, Futurama, something we both love, what was it, season five or something, uh, the uh, final episode with the time machine, yeah. and oh, I'll have to shoot Hitler out the window. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, missed. <laughs> missed. You got FDR. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Keep going. That was a good one. <laughs> Just had to bring that up. Uh, hopefully there are a few Futurama fans out there. All right. And if not, what the hell's the matter with you? Seriously. Anyway, any uh, closing thoughts here on Looper? Well, I think I've covered everything that I was going to. Oh, no. Uh, well, shall, shall we? Okay. I was going to say one more thing. The whole telekinesis thing. Yes, sir. Not covered in the trailer. Well, shown in the trailer, yeah. not covered in the trailer. And I thought, okay, that's an interesting thing. They, and they pretty much just sort of throw it out there. It's, it's, oh, it's, yeah. It's, the only reason it exists people. is for the kid. I know. It's to introduce it for the well, kid. That, so I, you, that, you know. that, was my, that was another issue I had. They introduced this thing saying, oh, 10% of the mm-hmm. And then the other guy's future self comes back and you find out the details about the Rainmaker and all that. And that he supposedly, one man going it alone is able to kill all these people, is able to get away with mm-hmm. this thing. The second I heard that, I was like, right, he's got this TK thing, he's mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. And then an hour and 10 minutes later in the film, 
he levitates a guy and everything in the room and just kills him straight out everything as a little red. kid <laughs> and it's like okay yes and this is this is the big sort of Jessica Lovett scene it's like oh my god he's like he's the rainmaker you know the mother's trying to calm him down and everything and all I'm doing sitting in is like call it <laughs> <laughs> well yeah you, you know you're a little more uh, more sophisticated perhaps than <laughs> right, everyone it, watching it was one of the things of like probably because they were trying not to pay that much attention to it because you know there are some films where it's like you know, this thing here this thing right here like we, this is a big thing this thing here and then the end is like oh this thing is this? no shit um, <laughs> but because this was like yeah 10% of people can sort of levitate <laughs> quarters <laughs> and it's like okay and then moving on and then this person starts saying like no one knows how this man is able to kill all these people get away not a scratch like you know supposedly it's just him yeah, it was like okay maybe he did go in with an arsenal and a tank I don't know chances are he's just a really powerful psychedelic <laughs> guy I mean I, I don't know I think maybe during some of the the slower scene my mind was just kind of racing through it or yeah. something which I do find a little bit annoying but whatever <laughs> okay. oh well <laughs> alright rating yeah. sir my rating I wrote it down as I left I then changed it I've changed it again oh Just, okay. this is all based on sitting down how thinking about the film like you know I want to go and see this film again I was contemplating seeing it in the cinema but I'm probably not going to be able to at this point my original rating was minus 2.5 just because of all of the nitpicks okay. I had I then changed that because over time I was like actually I really enjoyed it I thought it was a good thriller aspect I liked how they did the time travel and because I realised I want to see this film again <laughs> I've changed it to a minus 1.5 minus 1.5 off of up. perfection off, off of, of perfection you realise <laughs> is what you're saying yeah I, I realise that because I think this is one of the best time travel films mainly because they don't bother dealing with the time travel <laughs> it's a cop out okay it's a, sca- it's I, a cop out they I, don't deal with it if no. you're gonna do it a time travel movie you gotta <laughs> tell me how you're doing it <laughs> That's probably the reason I'm rating it as high is because you then don't get to deal with the inconsistencies because there aren't there technically aren't any inconsistencies. And I loved how they dealt with the older self in the future. I mean, obviously, if we're... <laughs> I can make a teleportation movie and never tell you how the teleporter works. Right. Does that make... Okay. Okay, if we're going to do right. that, I will change it to minus two now, I'm not to trying make to, you a no, bit happier. you said 1.5. No, it's your rating. Uh, yes, minus okay. 1.5, just because I do want to see this film again. I want to go back into it, seeing all the little things. I thought it was a fantastic looking film. Mm. I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it. I enjoyed Bruce mm-hmm. Willis. And for what it was and for what it could have been, for how it could have gone wrong, I thought they did very well with it. So for me, personally, minus 1.5, verging on minus 2, just because of the nitpicks. Gotcha. Alright. For me, it was Bruce Willis, same old, same old, still good. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Emily Blunt, for me, made the film. For a lot of people, For me, uh, their two performances, I think, were just dynamic. But for me, it it borders on that, well, I'm using an old term here, rental. (laughs) Or VOD, how about? It's a border on VOD or purchase for me. I don't know that I'm going to purchase this. Perhaps... The fifteen dollar bin or the okay. the ten dollar, um, or, or maybe if you watch it again and then it comes out with loads of the behind the scenes. Stuff. I am a special features whore. If yeah. it is <laughs> chock full, I will probably plop down the twenty bucks and watch it because right. uh, I did enjoy it enough. Like well, I said, good film, very good. I don't think great. 
I'm going to come in with, I'm going to shock you here. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Minus 4.5. Hmm. I, yeah, that is possibly a little bit lower than I was thinking, but given your particular... This is to negative 20 people, yeah. just so you understand. Yeah, given your particular view on time travel films, mm-hmm. I think that that's not too bad for yeah. a time travel film. I'm considering I mean, anything above like a minus six or seven as a good film, you know, because yeah. you're, you're still ahead of the curve. You're yeah. still bo- well, above 50%. Well, that's what I was thinking. Right. I, I think, like for me, sort of minus six, uh, you start getting into... It's an all right film mm-hmm. with some major problems. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, Beetlejuice, I can't remember, minus four or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And this one, it was like, you know, I really enjoyed going to the cinema to see it. It was a good experience mm-hmm. for me. And thinking about it afterwards, I really enjoy. And because this film is able to make me the, do that. I, I enjoyed I, the psychological <laughs> conversations, you know, the, the, the issues with fate it brought up. And yeah. I really enjoy that. Can we control it? How much control do we have over it? And are you willing to make those decisions, whatever those may be? Yeah. Um, so I did enjoy that. Uh, that don't get I mean, me wrong. That drives out for me because not a lot of films are able to do that now. Yeah. A lot of and films do it well. are just going blockbustery. Yeah. If it's an action film, it's an action film. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot yeah. of real deep well, plot in there. Let me, but, yeah, <laughs> put this in perspective maybe for you. If I'm grading it, it would be like a 75 to an 80%. You know, if yeah. that's like if you're following on that, tomatoes yeah. or something, a 75 to an 80, a, a C right. plus to a B minus for me. Okay, um, I I would say. And for you, I'm getting about an A minus. Yeah, a, a minus. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah, it, it's got, it. definitely got some niggles there. Both passing grades. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but for me, definitely, definitely a film I want to have in my collection. Yeah, just because I know in a year's time I'll sit down watch it again. I will probably like it for the same reasons, and I'll be able to appreciate some of the other stuff in there. And I think I will always love the line, I'm not getting into this, we can sit here all day, <laughs> throwing diagrams and grass of mm. straws. Just a fantastic tongue-in-cheek nod at every <laughs> single every single time travel film that then breaks its own rules. Cop out. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a cop out, but it's tongue-in-cheek as well. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I think that's about going to do it for us today, folks. All right. Well, I'll just take this time to say that you can reach us on Twitter at, at BlokeBusters. You can reach us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blokebusters. And you can email us at blokebusterpodcast at gmail.com. Well, thank you for listening. And remember, hoverballs don't work on water unless, unless you, you got, got power. power.